Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. That's really where I wanted to focus in this book is just bring it, you know, to bring it back in and really see where, where does your space sit on that, that energetic framework? Because a home that is taken care of, it's going to nurture you. And I don't think people realize that it's going to relax you at the end of the day. It's going to um, inspire you to, to be creative or, or help you get that restful sleep at night. Because without those things, we're just in a constant state of go, go, go. And we don't really ever get to, 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 you know, relax into that space. And, And I really wanted to help people do that because I know what it feels like for me. Welcome to the Liberated Healer Podcast, where we touch on a variety of topics in the world of spirituality, energetic healing, and everything in between and beyond. Take an adventure on a shooting star with your hosts, Gina and Linnea, offering their wisdom, guidance, and everlasting love and support. Hi, everybody. This is Gina Cavalier, and this is the Liberated Healer Podcast. Coming to you again with a lovely, lovely guest, um, Leslie Morrison. She's in Vancouver, Canada, and she has a book, In the Spirit of Home, on Llewellyn. And welcome, Leslie. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you for asking me. It's great to be here. So she is a kitchen and bath designer um, and personal home consultant for over 10 years. And she also had another award-winning book, The Healing Wisdom of Birds, um, and she's a freelance writer and a ghostwriter who writes about home design, spirituality, and nature. And so she's collected this book as kind of a one of all those three things. So give us a little bit of information about who you are, what led you on this journey, and how you got to create this book. Um, well, in terms of, I mean, I do kind of find interest everywhere. I'm very nature-based, obviously. Um, And I remember doing home design and decorating when I was just a little kid. It was always a passion of mine. I could always walk into a room and go, that's not right. (laughs) Just just those things as I was growing up. And then I, I, when I, I kind of ended up in the industry sort of by accident. It wasn't my, my intention to, but I just, I ended up in, in the industry Um, And really in the past few years, working with a lot of my kitchen and bath design clients um, who also ended up being clients of mine for for other projects in the home, um, I really started to to grow this awareness of um, more of how rooms felt um, and and why why I I was seeing things a little bit differently. And, And instead of looking at things and how a room looks or, you know, having it perfectly, you know, tailored to be picture perfect, I started to notice a big shift in my own awareness of space um, and and really, you know, nature oriented um, as well um, and and doing my own house. So the the idea just came to me and, you know, why don't we do a book about, you know, decorating and designing and, and working with space from a really intuitive perspective instead of just jumping on the next fad. And, and I think a lot of people get caught up in that. 
and then they don't necessarily stop to think about, you know, what does the room actually feel like to me or how do I make this meaningful? So it's sort of been just a very long lifetime process of, of learning about how I interact with space and how I can share that with others, uh, that it just came together and it just felt right. And um, it seems to be a philosophy a lot of designers are taking on. So that's really encouraging that maybe it is just a shift in general that people are feeling and I just wanted to explore it and get some some information out there for people to really start looking at their space a bit differently. Especially after, you know, during COVID, their space became, exactly. you know, number one top priority and they're in it all the time. And I mean, I, I used to go to home stores or whatever, and they were just bombarded by people just pulling stuff off the shelf. So it definitely came into a more of a priority in the last couple of years, which yeah. I think is great because, yeah, yeah um, I think sometimes people uh, just kind of, they did get the necessities. Um, maybe they don't have the finances yet yeah. to do what they dream of. So they just kind of don't do it, but yeah. there is ways to kind of accomplish your goals without a lot of money that will help you um, yeah. kind of get there. Um, well, for sure. Yeah, and that's a big aspect too. I think a lot of people just ignore their space because they they can't attain what they see, maybe on the shows or on the magazines, so they ignore it, um, or they or they don't. They're, they're not taking that time to really get in tune with that space. So th this book is really about challenging people to, you know, just take a, a more realistic approach. And it's like this is an everyday thing. You live in this space, and it doesn't matter if you have no money to spend. Um, even cleaning and organizing and simple things can make a world of difference. Um, and, and, and it doesn't have to be uh, a $20,000 makeover. And, it, and it's the same with any room, kitchens or, or anything. There are ways to make a space meaningful and um, healthy and significant um, on any budget, really. Yeah. And, you know, you might be in a space that actually you don't feel good in, you know, um, I had that happen to me recently um, at a place I was helping someone work at, but I would come home and I would just, I just didn't feel good there. It was really, um, you know, and that's the energy part of it that we, we want to get into. So, okay. So help us with the start off place about how to work with you or work with your book and what would, what's the start off? Um, so any, anybody who's looking to kind of get information on the space, I mean, my suggestion is to really room by room um, is take an assessment, you know, whether that's making notes or just kind of sitting quietly with each room. Um, and like you said, how does it feel? Because there are always rooms that when they get to a point of neglect, that they, they don't feel good or they're, they're like, okay, but why does this not feel good? So Number one in most cases is usually it's cluttered, it's messy, there's stuff that you've had piled in there that, that, that isn't working for you, and energy doesn't flow in those spaces. So um, the book really starts from that perspective. You know, um, there are some kind of home finding activities, but the, the space clearing and organization, I recommend, is what everybody start with. Um, because the, it, nine times out of ten, that is where the biggest blockage is going to be. Um, so it really, and, it, and that's where it becomes a very personal experience because a lot of people are afraid to declutter, you know, oh, I can't get rid of that because of this and I can't. So it, it's, it's about overcoming, I think, psychological hurdles as well and emotional hurdles and, and, and we just stay stuck because it's easier to keep things than to 
go through the process of that change and that letting go. So that is where I recommend everybody start, make that honest assessment, get rid of the stuff that just, it doesn't need to be there. Um, and then you can start working from a framework of, okay, well, what is it I want to create now? Now that I've eliminated the, the, the clutter and the, the neglect or the disorganization or whatever you want to call it, um, where, now you can start thinking about how you want the space to feel. How do I want this room to, to function? Um, so a good place to start in any room um, is, is getting the clutter gone. <laughs> and that, I mean, yeah. that's not a new concept by any means, but... Um, definitely, I don't think you can really go anywhere without accomplishing that step. Is is you can't and, add on anything to a room that's just filled with clutter. You just can't. And you don't. You you think you're going to really miss it, but and the days you kind of don't. And the, I just had a recent experience because we just moved from Los Angeles to Montana, mm -hmm. and we got too small of a truck, so yeah. we had to leave a ton of stuff behind that we weren't anticipating and. It was so weird this morning. There was one piece of item. I was like, hmm. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot. We just left that behind. And it just was just I thought I would just be overwhelmed, like upset if that thing was left behind. But honestly, we le we left so much behind and we we've started kind of over and clean. And it really actually did feel really good. So it was sort of like a mistake, but that turned out really good for us. Um, so that's, you know, you know, yeah, I agree. And sometimes you don't even, you think you're going to miss something so much and then it's gone and yeah, you just, it just was too much for you. Yeah. yeah. And I love how it feels to declutter it for, for my sense. Um, because it, it is something that you can really control and see an immediate mm -hmm. results. And so that's always a good, that just feels good. Yeah. You know, you're like, I, did, I accomplished something today, you know? Yeah. And I think people have leaned into that more recently because of that immediate gratification. Yeah. Oh, and, and it is immediate. I mean, I've never met anyone that didn't feel it instantly. It's like you've just dropped 10 pounds. It's like, wow, that felt good. What else can I clean? And, and, and I think it's just the freeing up. I think it's that psychological process of getting over hurdles or, or letting go of something from the past. And, and I think that's really what it comes down to is it's that, that spiritual effect, that lightning, you know, lifting the load. Um, and it is immediate and it, it's exhilarating and it feels healthy and, and it does encourage you to keep going. And then maybe I'll move on to the next room and the next room. But I do understand, I, and I have had people in, in um, webinars and interviews that have said that, that it's very challenging for me to let go of things. And, and it is, it can be, especially when it's maybe from a, a relative who has passed away um, and, and, and again, it's, that's the, the, the guilt that you carry of, I have to keep this stuff because it belonged to somebody I cared about, but it really, the physical object itself, unless it's something amazing that you've had a, you know, a great memory of the physical object that, that it belonged to somebody else, isn't what you're really hanging on to. So that's where it has to become that, that really spiritual process of acknowledging those things. And then you're able to let them go and move on. And it's very healthy. It's a very healthy process. Well, let's get into either the feng shui or the different elements and how you look at different parts and how you best kind of describe that for your clients. Um, so a lot of, a lot of people obviously are interested in the, the feng shui. Um, I, I don't specifically you know, I'm not a practitioner in feng shui, but I do incorporate the elements, um, obviously, because the whole um, aspect of the feng shui is finding that 
that cosmic balance, that um, that balance between all of the elements in a home. So um, finding the right balance of, you know, earth and water and fire and wood elements is very important in a home. So, um, and, and a lot of times I'll go into a house and there's an overabundance of, of one thing, like a lot of, a lot of glass or a lot of wood. And, and then you, you can kind of get a sense of why a room feels so heavy or why, why does this room make me feel nervous? You know, that something's going to come flying at me. So, um, in terms of the actual elements in feng shui, um, the North is typically categorized as your, uh, career sector. Um, governed by the element of water. So uh, the front door oftentimes will, will be representative of this as well. And we'll come to that a little bit later with the front door. Um, but you can actually make like, you know, the, the Bagua, get the map out and, and map out what direction your house is in. So the north would be your, your water. Um, south um, is typically associated with fire, uh, which is uh, ambition, it's fame, it's passion, it's it's your, your strongest um, ambitions in, in life that are governed by that. Um, the East is typically uh, the element of uh, wood governing your health and family. Um, and the West is typically governed by metal. Um, and metal is um, more like a structural element, um, very, very precise, giving that. It's got a very sharp energy. So a lot of people I find maybe overdo metal. So having things like wood, um, and and earth elements in there really ground those those heavy things. But um, I, I always recommend people, you know, get get a map. Uh, there are two different types, two different ways of doing feng shui. So I always recommend that people do a little bit more reading. Um, again, I'm not a certified feng shui practitioner, but I generally guide people in the right direction when it comes to working those elements in. So if you want to add a little bit more water, you know, a little little water feature at the front door or in the, the north sector, things like that. Um, if you want to add the, the wood element in, you know, some nice plants, healthy plants. Uh, so there's those little tips and tricks for adding those elementals in throughout the home, but making sure they're balanced and you're not overdoing one um, is generally the, the biggest uh, key for feng shui and distributing that energy properly throughout the home. Cause you're, you're, you're letting everything have, um, a place without giving one element more kind of more free reign than the other. Cause some of them, especially fire is, is a very powerful force and um, you really have to watch that you're not overdoing, you know, the reds and the oranges because they're, they can be quite overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah. When you see somebody who's painted their bedroom red, yeah. <laughs> how do you sleep in that? You know, um, I'm, you know, I didn't even have to read a book to realize that, you know, I don't know how they sleep like that. Um. <laughs> I tried that once. I, I have tried red when I was young. I tried an all red room and I tried an all purple room and both of them were terribly, terribly just no. <laughs> but but that's the thing. That's when you start to realize how sensitive you are. The red room was so overpowering and, and aggressive. It's like, okay. And, and you can't handle it in, in large amounts. And some people don't realize that's what it is. That's maybe triggering um, and the purple, I, I, I mentioned it, I think in the book, I tried a really dark purple in my bedroom once and my dreams were so vivid. I couldn't sleep. I could not sleep. And it was, I think it was a week or so in and I was like, nope. <laughs> and I had to repaint because it, it was, it was just so, um, it was just so triggering that, that, you know, that metaphysical aspect in the, my, my 
subconscious was on hyperdrive. So yeah, and it's and that's where the awareness comes in, right? Paying attention to how colors make you feel um, is a good way to start implementing them in your home. Do you use so you obviously use a color wheel when you guys are picking, or or like sample chips? Yeah, I, yeah. I recommend, and I and I'll take some, and I'll encourage people. You know, spend some time with these colors. Which ones do you keep coming back to? How do they make you feel? You know, um, and and that's really something that maybe a lot of people don't. You know, I think it would look good, but oh, now that it's on the wall, I don't feel good in this color. So take a little bit of time before painting an entire room um, or even splash just a little bit on the wall and look at it for a couple of days, look at it in different lights. What is it, what does it bring to mind? You know, what kind of images do you see? What kind of things does it remind you of? Um, and it usually takes, you know, a, a couple of days at least, you know, I, I to really start to feel those connections and those associations. And I think that's really important, especially, especially for kids. I, I do that with a lot of people decorating kids' rooms too, because they're super sensitive. Yeah, to you have to do really mellow colors. Up. Yeah. Well, purple to me is the color of, you know, intuitive or psychic exploration. So that makes sense to me why you were having a hard time sleeping. And then <laughs> red is anger or passion. So, you know, you're that's definitely that fire element. You know, yeah. uh, yellows are, if you know, bright yellows um, are very intense. Yes. Um, and the light yellow represents seniority to me or, you know, personal power. So I kind of like some yellows for decoration as long yeah. as it's not too bright. Um, yeah. Blue is usually for communication. Orange yeah. for creativity. Pink is for like friendship. And uh, the reason why I bring this is because, you know, Big giant companies like AT&T or T-Mobile, or I'm just to use an example, they understand when they're doing our logo, they're, they're not just picking colors because they want it to look pretty. I mean, they're picking colors for the energy. Yeah. And yeah. so that's the same thing in your home is the energy that you want to come across when someone walks into that room in that space. Yeah. And there's a, there's been a lot of, they've done a lot of scientific research on that and they, they have found very conclusive, you know, correlating evidence that we respond certain ways when we're around certain colors and it, and it triggers certain physiological responses. So it's, it's not that it's just something somebody made up one day. We really do respond to um, colors in very specific ways. And most, most colors are, are, are close for most people, but a lot of times people will have specific things that they associate with colors, but it is, it's very interesting to actually start working with color and realizing, wow, I didn't know that color made me feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> very important for the home. If you're going to be sleeping in a room or, you know, you know, studying in a room or working in a home office, you should, you should be really paying attention to what, uh, what you're surrounding yourself with, because it's going to impact you you know, uh, under the surface and you're, you might not realize it for a while. And I wanted to get into the home office just to, I know that that's going to help a lot of people and they're, they're trying to put that together. Yeah. Um, so what, what are some of the things that might be good for a general home office? Um, I, th I think a, a lot of people go earthy for a home office. It's got a very grounding effect. So, you know, a lot of people will go browns or tans or, or creams, just something light, something not distracting, because you don't want to be overwhelmed when you're working. You want to keep that focus very sharp. 
So I, I find a lot of people tend to go um, very neutral with maybe a feature wall or some, some, maybe some blues in there or some greens just for focus and um, yeah. inspiration. But generally I don't see people going nuts with color in the office just because it, <laughs> it can be very agitating and, that, and that's not really where we want our brain to be firing off in all directions. Unless you work really well, some people, thrive on bright colors depending on the work they're doing and that again is where that subjective aspect comes in you know um, I couldn't work in a very bright office I would find it very distracting um, so generally I would I stay within earth tones um, but I'm an earth sign so that's me <laughs> Those are and the then also and then also lighting you know is yeah. very important yeah that, and a lot of people don't know how to do lighting it's actually kind of it is it's very tricky it is very tricky and that's usually where i struggle the most um is you know how do i get light in every single spot so it is if you have windows or natural lighting or skylights i mean that's that's perfect if you can work in a room that's bright naturally but if not i mean it's usually a combination of like task lighting, overhead lighting, um, and making sure there's not like a dark spot in a room. That's always a thing when I walk into a, to a home or a room is there's always a corner that has nothing. <laughs> but, but that's that's where that kind of that that movement comes in, you know, keeping the, the energy flowing and not letting it stop and, you know, sit somewhere. So the lighting is huge. And if you can't see straight, you're not, you're, you're going to have trouble and you're not going to focus, but natural light is definitely the best for a home office. In my opinion, if you can work somewhere that has, has a lot of natural light or at least a window, because I know what it's like to work in a room with no windows and it's not, oh, it's not, yeah. it's not good. It's not, it's terrible. I did that for you too. Um, so I'm going to go back just to a personal example, because we, like I said, we moved from LA to Montana. So LA is a fire energy. Mm -hmm. um, so when we had our home there, we knew how to kind of acclimate to everything. We were in a Spanish home. Um, we had a really good flow of plants and other stuff. And when we moved to Montana, um, and Montana is an earth energy and it moves slower. It's actually very, very different. So when I, I, I have a, um, a healer, a shaman that from Peru that I've been using, working with for about 12 years, he's a third generation, um, healer in, in Peru and, uh, has a healing center there. And he was just like, what is going on with you? This was just last week. And I could not ground here, even though I was thinking, oh, as soon as I get to Montana, I'm just going to be all this nature and I'm going to ground instantly. And I'm just going to, you know, become this like earth goddess or something like that. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't ground. And I was, um, what was happening was, and it's all about the energy in the space, but, um, since I couldn't ground and since I have so much light in me because of the work that I do, every, all my chakras are opening wide open mm. And all the light was bouncing all around inside of me, but I had no way of releasing. Right. Yeah. Um, but so it affected everything, my home, everything. Right. Yeah. So what we did is he, what he said to me and why I wanted to bring this up is because he said, you're in Montana. You need to respect the energy of where you're at yeah. and build from there. And nature comes first in Montana, not the other way around in mm -hmm. LA people come first. In Montana, nature comes first. So you better respect it. So 
He's like, go on a digital cleanse, you know, connect to Father Sky and Mother Earth, and you know, kind of work with the house as well, and you know, kind of get everything more grounded and get a flow going, and just come in with some respect, more respect for and ask permission to be there because, and then once you quiet your mind in your home, then the the nature will start to communicate with you and you'll have a better flow. So I had to go through that whole process, but it was kind of weird. I didn't feel good for a while. Um, but also location, yeah. you know, so you're in Canada, you know what I mean? So I wanted to talk about, do you have any thoughts about where you live and how to incorporate the surroundings? Well, and I, I think that's, I mean, you touched upon something really important. I mean, I'm, I came from Alberta to Vancouver Island about 10 years ago. So from the mountains to the water um, and, and the, the, when I first got, like when I first arrived, I felt like I was in a completely different world. It was, it was, it was just like you were saying, I didn't know how to come back down <laughs> because water energy is obviously a lot different than than that coming from the mountains so um I, I felt flighty for a few days i felt disoriented um the, the weather was obviously quite a a big difference too you know i was wearing sandals in december when i first moved here because of the difference but but it really is and that's that connecting with the elements because i found the water very overpowering at first i was like wow there's there's a lot of water energy out here, <laughs> but everybody was so much more like everything happens slowly out here because it's water. People are relaxed. People are mm -hmm. going with the flow, I think a bit more. And, and that was a, that was a long adjustment period for me it was coming from that, um, you know, in the mountains with the, the ranches and the, you know, the farmland energy to, you know, the big sky. And then you come out here and you've got these really old rainforests and these, the, the oceans. And, you know, obviously this is cougar, cougar country, biggest concentration of cougars everywhere. So that wild energy was just raw and overpowering. So really, really zeroing into that. And then once you can kind of orient yourself in where you are, I think, you, like you said, you start building upon that. Um, and, and don't expect to live the same way if you're you're transitioning to a different country or a different culture or um, a different part of part of the world. It's very different. And every part of the world has its own energy. So that's where it, and that's where that mindfulness comes in is really creating a space that works for you. But you also have to take into account what you're working with, because everyone's going to be working with something different. And a lot of people want to transition from wherever they are right now. People want yeah. change. People want great change. So it's a good thing mm -hmm. to mention because I wish I kind of wish somebody had, had told me a little bit that mm -hmm. expect to not just pop right in and it and it just because in your mind's eye you're so excited about a new energy or a new experience yeah. that you go there and you just think oh my gosh it's going to be great and not saying it's not great. There's a bunch of things that I'm super happy with, but the energy was just like, Whoa, like what's happening. And the, I, you know, I didn't want to people to rub off the wrong way to other people and things like that. So I just think it's really interesting. And then when you do design, you obviously design differently because, yeah. you know, so we, we went and we 
tried to heart feel a lot of things that we wanted in the house. It was a blank slate. So, you know, we did get some cowboy and Indian art and, you know, uh, things like that. And, you know, it, we wanted to, yeah, just, I guess, respect the, the, the home that we were in. Yeah. Yes. And those things, I mean, finding those themes, you know, that people say, I mean, it really does make an impact. I mean, I, the, the, the whole part in my book about me talking about wanting to be in the mountains and be in the country and, um, and you might not necessarily be able to accomplish that, you know, by buying that prime piece of real estate, but you can create those energies in your home. Um, as, I mean, as long as they're not terribly conflicting with the energy you have, I mean, a lot of people on Vancouver Island incorporate uh, seashells and driftwood mm -hmm. because it's it's that that is where we are. We are an ocean community. Um, but I find I still like to put up my pictures of Highland cattle and I like to have my, <laughs> you know, my my leather stuff. I can see it in, in your background, too. But that, but that's what that's what makes me happy, you know, and that's where I find um uh, that that energy I still really thrive on that mountain energy um, and I don't have it as much but I can find ways to work it into my space without conflicting uh, with the, the the water and you know forest energy that I have out here thankfully we have the forest because I I need the trees right <laughs> but yeah there, there are ways that you can incorporate those um, those elements uh, but but respect and that's where the balance comes in I think do you do a uh a process of energy cleansing in the house? Do you work with or all work the time? On? Okay. Yeah. So what is your recommended go-to for that? I just did, I just did, I've done a couple houses for some real estate agents that had yeah. kind of bad energy kind of stuck in the places, but I want to yeah. hear what you, what you do. I've always found um, using smoke um, has been extreme from, from a vantage point of me feeling the effects. I've always found that extremely helpful. Um, but a lot of people don't necessarily want to get into that. Um, so physically cleaning a space um, works just as well. Physically washing with the intention of getting rid of things. Um, I, I find that cleaning without that intention doesn't seem to make the effect as strong. Um, mm -hmm. So anyone sort of moving into a space or, or redecorating a space, start with a clean um, you know, washing everything, uh, the, the, the impact of washing things. Um, and I hold like a visualization of, um, you know, washing mud off of something or have a clear visualization of the, what you're trying to accomplish. Um, that's always been very powerful for me. Um, and if you, if you're into smoke clearing, you know, using a feather or, or whatever ceremonies you like to do that, that, that is always been very effective for me as well. Um, but definitely before, you know, and when you're going into a new space, I always reckon to start with the cleaning and and really get to know, OK, what what does this space feel like? And some people are very aware of what's in a space, but a lot of people aren't and they just can't quite put their finger on why something doesn't feel right. So um, in, in that regard, I recommend just clean anyway and have that intention. And then you don't necessarily need to know what happened in that space, but you can still get rid of it um, just by having the intention to do so. Yeah. And when you're talking about smoke, um, what, what I did for the last house clearing I did was white sage and then in all the corners and then, um, yeah. Palo Santo afterwards. So that's, that okay. was, I'm not sure if that's what you were referring to, but that's what I yeah. use. Um, and depending on the person's home and how, what level of 
either denomination or what their spiritual beliefs are. If they don't mm -hmm. have any spiritual beliefs, that's even fine. But yeah. I do put positive music up on, whether it's meditation music or the sounds of the ocean, um, especially if a house has had some trauma in it. Um, you know, so I work with the person and their beliefs. Like I'm trying not trying to incorporate my beliefs into them, but even just raising that frequency of exactly. you know, um, an ocean sound or um, meditation in the background. And, you know, we were doing that for houses that were sitting on the market for a really long time, oh, just okay. putting a little sound um, in each level of the floors or whatever, like just a little bit of that spa music. And it yeah. just kind of, when you walk in, you go, Oh, I want to live here. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's a good point, though, about raising the frequency, and 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 that's really true. And it's, sometimes it does just take something little, but then you will get people that will walk into a space, and it's just like, and, and that and I'm one of those people, so I think that's where I've really been able to find success in in space clearing because I can feel it instantly. Like, whoa, what happened in here? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, but not everybody can. And that's, that's where I think a lot of energy gets stuck because a lot of people don't feel it and they don't notice it. So, but yeah, like you said, just, um, just finding those, those simple ways to raise the frequency and, and cleaning and just making sure space is cleared. Um, make, make sure the things you have in your home are in good repair too. I've, I've noticed that's always um, been a struggle for people is hanging on to maybe furniture that's broken or dishes that are chipped or clothing that has holes in it. I make a conscious effort. If not, you know, I, I will reuse if I can or repurpose, but realistically, if my dishes are broken, I'm not going to keep them. So yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's just a psychological effect of using things that are run down and not serving their purpose. And, and they're not serving you really in the end. Um, and if, if, yeah, or even just donate, right? Yeah. Or even if putting a one day on your calendar a month, that Saturday or Sunday where you fix the little things that have been broken for a mm. long time, like yeah, you have light bulbs that have been out for a year or you yeah. have uh, the whole thing. So I always think that that's really good too. And getting, you know, upgrading some of those things that have been neglected because neglect is still a, an energy, right? Yeah. And I think that's a big energy in people's homes and, and, um, it, it is the, I'm too tired to look at this. And then it, it becomes overwhelming. It's just something that people just don't want to have time for. But then when we had the pandemic, people had no choice. <laughs> it was like, oh my God, what have I been living in? And it's, it, it's amazing. It's just amazing when the focus shifts to the home, what people start to realize. It's like, I, I and some people would say to me, I felt like I hadn't been even living in that house for the last 10 years because I never touched it. I never did anything to upgrade it or I didn't even notice that my bathroom door was off the hinge <laughs> because you just get up, you do your thing and you're out the door. Right. And, yeah. and that's really where I wanted to focus in this book is just bring it, you know, to bring it back in and really see where, where does your space sit on that, that energetic framework? Because a home that is taken care of, it, it's going to nurture you. And I don't think people realize that it's going to, relax you at the end of the day it's going to um, inspire you to to be creative or or help you get that restful sleep at night because without those things we're just in a constant state of go 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 and we don't really ever get to 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 you know relax into that space and and i really wanted to help people do that because i know what it feels like for me yeah um, 
everybody should have that space where, where they feel like they're being embraced at the end of a day. This is my space. This is what I've created in harmony with nature, in harmony with the universe. Um, and this is where I feel I can be my best self um, yeah. every day, you know, and, and my family. So that was my inspiration. And I hope that people can find ways to do that in their own home. Yes. And I really love the book. And just so everybody knows, you know, it, it's going into many different levels. There's even meditations in the book. Um, it goes room by room. It goes element by element. Um, layout, all different, how to clear a path, how to use crystals. There's all kinds of different areas added to this book. That So it's it's really fun. So did you want to start? We're going to end on a meditation that's in your book. Um, page 100 when you guys get it. So I'm going to let Leslie do her thing and thank you so much again. I will, I will read. Do you want me to read the whole section or just the, the meditation part? Oh, we can do the meditation. Okay. So I, so yeah, again, this is in chapter six. Um, this is about, um, the, the chapter on the entryway. Um, so I really put a lot of emphasis in the book on your your front door and making sure you're attracting the right things into your home. Uh, so this meditation here um, is um, especially good for if you've done a clean of your entryway um, or if you're um, redecorating it, uh, clearing the space out. Um, so this one is called Meditation for Guiding the Right Stuff In. So everyone... Prior to doing a meditation, obviously make sure you're relaxed, make sure you're not going to be distracted. It's helpful if you just have a few minutes where you can just think clearly. Um, all right, so we're gonna start, start thinking about your front door area. Imagine it like a passageway, a place that bridges the hectic world of work and sports and shopping with the restful abode that welcomes you in after each day. Really allow this idea to emerge as you get a sense of the importance of the front door as the ancients did for dividing space and altering experience. Imagine that front door as impenetrable, keeping out negativity and danger. If you have a god or goddess that you have a as your household deity you can work with or are drawn to, ask that being to be a guardian of that doorway and everything that resides behind it. Now imagine opening that same door, feel a rush of cool energy sweeping through, invigorating everything in its path. Imagine it touches the floor, the walls, bounces off a mirror and catapults its way up the stairs or around the next corner. Imagine this energy is carrying pure, raw and undiluted potential as it moves through your entryway like a playful water spirit. This energy charging its way through the doorway carries whatever you want it to. Good health, money, career success, fertility, love. But this energy needs space to move. And when you come out of this meditation, I want you to start looking around your blank canvas that is your entryway or your front door space. You will start to notice the right places to add extra light or hang mirrors. You'll feel where the energy is stagnant and what parts are whisking it right through. Take time with this exercise and really hone in on how the front of your home feels to you. After some dedicated work on this special part of your home, you'll notice how drastically other areas in your life begin to change. Um, is it magic? Maybe, but it's also the clear intention of letting new and exciting things come your way. Mm, I loved it. Woo! 
Thank you. Thank you, Leslie Morrison. And um, we wish you well on your journey and on your book, The Spirit of Home. And we link in everything in so people can find it. And thank you for your time today. And this has been The Liberated Healer. And I'm Gina Cavalier. Until next time. Bye, guys. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find us online at theliberatedhealer.com, on Instagram at Liberated Healer Podcast, or on Facebook at The Liberated Healer. Give us a follow, subscribe, send us a message if you so feel, and thank you for your support. Yes. Yeah.